why we gather together at all. We're gathered together today because, and only because, Jesus Christ, the Savior, lives. He is risen. The reason that the church is worshipped on Sunday, to be reminded of this week after week. We're gathered together in his name to worship the God who created all things, the God who rules over the nations. One of the ways that we worship is through prayer, and I'd like to do that now if you would bow with me in a word of prayer. Our God in heaven, we do worship you. You are majestic, you are beautiful, you are righteous, you are good, you are holy. And our God, we rejoice that we can gather together, and in this holiday season, when we think about Christmas and Advent and all of these things, Lord, our, our hearts are warmed thinking about your coming, and we thank you that you came. It is the only reason that we exist. You've brought together a new people in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we worship today, that our hearts would be full of joy and adoration, Lord, I pray that uh, our minds would be alert and focused, Lord, as we hear the word preached later and as we have this special welcoming today. Lord, I pray that you would bless our service and not ours only. Lord, I think about so many other churches around us. I'd like to offer a blessing for them as well. God, would you please bless Pole Creek Baptist Church as they're in a time of major transition in these coming weeks. Excitement, but also newness. Lord, I pray for your hand over them and the ministry there. Lord, I pray for Grace Baptist Church across town in West Asheville. Lord, I pray that as they gather together, that they too would have a sweet spirit of worship. Lord, I pray for Lake Hills Church. And Lord, so many other churches that extend from, from beyond here, Lord, we pray your special blessing over them. God, and we're grateful, Lord, to be partners with them in the Great Commission and advancing the kingdom. Lord, I pray now as we continue on in our service for your hand to be um, with us, Lord, and I pray that you would be blessed, Lord, that we would be edified in this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'd like to read a scripture for you from 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his protege, young pastor in Asia Minor. He says in verse 6, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irrelevant or irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Verse 11. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Today is a special day in the life of our church. This past Wednesday, our most recent church council on December 9th, we voted unanimously to extend a call to Chris Seeger to come and to serve with us, for him to come as our youth minister. 
Chris and his wife Haley are Buncombe County natives. They've been married for six years, and they have two children, Blakely and Brooks. Many of you have already gotten a chance to meet them. I hope that afterwards you're able to do so. Again, they come from this area. They know this community well. And I can see how God has led them in the past few years, particularly to come and be ready for the ministry that is before them here to partner with us at Starnes Cove. My brother, I'm glad that God has brought you to us. And I'm excited for you as you come and begin this new season of ministry. Uh, I remember being in your place really not all that long ago. And I'd like to do for you uh, to offer a word of exhortation the same way that others offered a word to me. I assume, as you come and, and assume this role of leadership and service at Starnes Cove Baptist Church, I want to encourage you with all the things you'll be thinking about, relationships and logistics and strategy and vision. I want to encourage you that from day one, you would be absolutely resolved to maintain a vibrant walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to take special care that you would know personally the God that you seek to show to others. It's easy in ministry to let the Bible become something you share with others instead of the life-giving word that you need for your own heart. It's easy in ministry to let prayer become something you do for and with others at the expense of your own daily and intimate conversation with the Lord. It's easy to let character become primarily something of a, of a public matter, only that which is seen out in public and rather forgetting that God sees who we are in the deepest recesses of our hearts. So as you do this very important work coming to serve with us, to teach others to follow God, let it be out of the overflow of your own vital walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you with eagerness, with wisdom, with faithfulness in these days ahead. May the Lord protect you from the adversary who would seek to undermine the ministry here. He is always at the door, is always seeking to undermine what the Lord is doing. May he protect your family. We'll be here to support you. We'll be here to pray for you, and I promise you that. The ministry of this church is far bigger than any individual. Than it's bigger than the staff and those in official leadership positions. We all need to link arms together, be in prayer for one another, and serve together. My brother, would you come and join me up here for a moment? I've got a few books to give you, and I would like to commend these to you. And, out of all, and I'll go ahead and hand these to you, but we're going to have to do this again in the second service. So I told me he has to leave them here. And with all the, the books that I could give you, seminars you could take, courses that you could take, so much good wisdom to be gained, more than all of it, we need the Lord's blessing. And so I want to pray that for us. Normally in this time, I would ask others to come to lay hands on him as we would pray. But because of COVID, I'll do that. But I would ask that you would please extend your hands. This is a gesture of prayer for him uh, as, we, as we pray now. Would you join me in prayer for my brother? Our Lord in heaven, I do pray that as Chris comes to serve here, God, that you would give him eagerness excitement lord that you would give him a sense of vision that you would give him wisdom god even beyond his years lord i pray that you would make the connections lord i pray that you would bring things together in just your way but i also pray god for him and for haley and for their two beautiful children god that you would protect them that you would bless them that this would be a season of joy as they come here and, and enter into this new season of ministry i pray that we as a church would be faithful to intercede uh, for them and with them to serve and link arms with them as we think about the important ministry to our students here at the church those who are here now and those who will be coming as we pray by your will in the years ahead lord i pray your blessing over him uh, for health uh, lord for faithfulness lord for fidelity to your word and to the calling 
In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Brother, come and bring the word to us that the Lord has put on your heart. Thank you, Paul, for those words of encouragement. Um, if you would open your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 1. And as you do, let me just uh, start by saying how excited me and my wife Haley are uh, to be here at Starnes Cove, um, to be a part of the youth ministry here at Starnes Cove, and just uh, more broadly to be a part of this church. We're extremely excited. Um, it doesn't seem like that long ago that we, we left for, for seminary. Like as Paul said, we're Buncombe County natives. We grew up in, in Leicester, both me and my wife. Um, went to Irwin, uh, went to college at Western Carolina, um, but three years ago left uh, for the first time ever to um, go live in Raleigh area, to go to seminary. Um, really, unlike some people, didn't really leave with a uh, clear-cut idea of what ministry would look like after that was over. Uh, we just wanted to be faithful to what God uh, would have for us, and so we found ourselves just saying through seminary, um, we want to be mobile for the gospel, want to be willing to go wherever God calls us to go, willing to do whatever God calls us to do. And so we had, had become okay with the idea of possibly never coming back to the mountains uh, for ministry. Uh, but by God's grace, here we are back to, to the mountains, and we're extremely excited uh, to be here at Starnes Cove and looking forward to getting to know each of you. Um, as I've, over the past month or so, uh, and increasingly as this has gotten closer, um, have brought back a lot of my own memories as a, as a youth. My dad was a youth pastor for 10 years. He was also, before that, a children's pastor for 10 years. Um, and so I really did, in a lot of ways, grow up in the, in the church. A lot of my best memories are in the church, and specifically as a part of the youth group. Um, me and Haley were intentionally, a couple nights ago, just thinking about some of our own memories uh, in youth group. And um, I thought about uh, camping trips, I thought about um, church lock-ins, staying up late, Wednesday night dodgeball. Um, we even thought back to some specific memories in youth, and I don't know why, but all the, the memories that we specifically remembered were of people getting hurt. <laughs> um, I thought about one, we had a camping trip at my dad's house. All the, the youth brought their, their tents, and we camped out in the, in the yard, and I remember one of the guys got the bright idea that he was going to go to one of the uh, girls' tents and scare him. He got a flashlight and he held it under his chin and he went and put his face to their tent and screamed. And uh, the one of the girls in the tent, her dad was a police officer and I'm assuming that's why she had one of the big like foot and a half mag lights. <laughs> and so when he screamed, she smacked him through the tent, knocked out his, his front teeth, <laughs> knocked out one, maybe two. Um, I thought we thought of another one one of the first times, uh, this was a youth retreat, a summer retreat. We went to, um, uh, I forget the name of the place, but one of my baseball buddies, he'd come to be a part of our youth group for the first time. And uh, I vividly remember him getting knocked on his back by a tetherball, having to go home. He had, he'd only been a part of our youth group for, you know, that was the first day. Um, and so he, he was sent home. I, that same trip, I believe it was, um, the guy, we were split up, guys and girls' cabin, and uh, the guys got the idea that we would, we, we pushed all the bunk beds to the, the outside of the, the cabin, and we created a, a wrestling arena and had our own personal tough man competition. Uh, now, I'm not advocating for, 
for these things. I'm just telling you some of the memories that I had as a, as a youth. Um, and as we thought back about some of the memories that we had, just re- I remembered how formative these years are, uh, were for me. And not primarily, I say all that to say this, that they weren't formative primarily for those reasons, for the fun times and the relationships, but they were formative for my walk with Christ, my relationship with, with God. And uh, I don't believe that I'm unique in the sense that these years are formative for all youth. Um, and so that's one of the, the biggest reasons that I'm excited to be, to be a part of youth ministry here at Starnes Cove. I realize how formative these years are, were for me and how formative they are for, for all youth. Um, I want them to have the experiences, the fun times. Those, those are formative as well. But, but more than this, I want them to grow in their relationship with Christ, their love for Him, uh, and their obedience to Christ. Um, and I want to share this morning a model, uh, I believe, of, of what, that, what that looks like, um, a model of how one should measure um, their ministry, their life, I still remember the words of one of my professors, one of the first classes I took. Um, This is one of the only quotes that I've ever remembered without writing it down. Most of the time I have to write it down. This one I remember as vividly as if I did, uh, but I never have. And uh, my professor, it was Jim Shaddix, he says, he told us that, um, speaking to the whole class, he said, you guys can grow a ministry when you leave and enter your prospective ministries and uh, wherever it is you end up. He said, you can grow a ministry and never accomplish anything otherworldly for the kingdom of God. Uh, and what he meant by that is that you can, you can grow a ministry in numbers and programs and uh, by worldly standards um, have a vibrant ministry and still accomplish nothing otherworldly for the kingdom of God. My prayer is that that would not be the case, and I believe this passage this morning is a model of um, how that would, would not be the case. Um, a model of how we should measure uh, our ministries, our lives. And I want to present it this morning as a, as a personal challenge for each of us uh, to look at our own life and uh, kind of as a compass to reorient and say, is this the way that we're measuring our, our life? Um, but also as a um, way that you can join me and the youth group and just join in and pray over uh, the youth ministry here at Starnes Cove. Now, I'm going to start reading chapter 1 Verse 12, let me go through verse um, 18. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. As with many of Paul's letters, it's important to get uh, the background. I think about uh, how many of the letters he wrote from prison, and to realize that uh, he's writing from prison as he speaks about joy, it just it makes all the the difference to get gain a perspective of where he's he's writing from. And again, here he's writing from uh, prison. This is his Roman imprisonment, um, and so 
he's giving a report. In other passages and letters from Paul, he's often giving an exhortation or maybe a command. Um, here, he's simply giving a report to the Philippian church of his circumstances. And notice in that first verse, he says, I want you to know um, that my circumstances... Um, so when he says circumstances, he's speaking of, at the least, his, his imprisonment. Uh, but it's also possible that he's speaking about everything that has happened from Jerusalem to Rome to this point. Um, he's went through uh, a two-year imprisonment in Caesarea, um, a shipwreck, the threat on his life, persecution, um, impending trial. So we can acknowledge uh, that his circumstances at this point were not good. And he essentially, in this passage, measures his ministry, uh, his life, by two things. And he does so by the advance of the gospel and the proclamation of Christ. And I just want to acknowledge a a few ways that he could have measured uh, his ministry at this point. Um, We mentioned his circumstances. Uh, Simply by his circumstances, he could have gave a negative report um, on his ministry. Um, His personal freedoms had been taken away. He was suffering. He was in prison. Um, He could have measured his ministry as a failure uh, because of his circumstances. Uh, I think about numbers, maybe. Paul was one of uh, the greatest preachers ever to live. Um, We would think from our standpoint, Paul's uh, time might have been more effective had he been going place to place, preaching to the masses. More people maybe would have accepted Christ. Uh, Based off of numbers, Paul might have given a negative report based off of, uh, of his ministry and his life. Relationships, maybe. He's not around those that he loved, um, his friends and family. Um, and the list could go on and on of different ways that Paul could have measured his, his life and ministry. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he gives a favorable report. He says, in spite of these things, the gospel is advanced and Christ is proclaimed. Uh, people, uh, in that first section, um, he mentions that essentially people that otherwise wouldn't have heard the gospel are hearing the gospel. This is Roman imprisonment, and he had relative freedom at the time, so people were coming and hearing him speak. I imagine maybe the highlight of Paul's day was shift change for the guards. I imagine he was sharing the gospel every time. Uh, He knew he had those guards for that time. Where were they going to go? And so people that otherwise wouldn't have heard the gospel are hearing the gospel. Uh, People are becoming more bold through the uh, the life that they have watched uh, Paul, the way that they've watched him suffer and, and live obediently to Christ. Others are becoming more bold. Um, some are preaching, he says, in that last passage. Some sure are preaching from wrong motives, essentially what he says. Um, but uh, Christ is proclaimed. He says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. His joy was specifically tied to the advance of the gospel and the proclamation of Christ. And so, how do we avoid building ministries? How do we avoid living lives that accomplish nothing otherworldly for the kingdom of God? And I believe Paul presents us with a model. The answer is we measure our ministries, our life, by the advance of the gospel and the proclamation of Christ. And so I hope this could serve as a challenge to each of us in spite of difficulty, in spite of of suffering, changed plans, especially in this season, uh, we could say the same. Um, 
plans have changed, maybe suffering, um, we can still give a favorable response. Uh, our joy can be tied to, we can still have joy if our um, ministries and our life is tied to the advance of the gospel and the proclamation of Christ. And so I hope this will be a challenge to each of us to do that in our own life, but also as a way that, to pray over uh, the youth ministry here at Starnes Cove. Um, youth ministry is for sure more than just these things, uh, but it shouldn't be less than uh, the advance of the gospel and the proclamation of Christ. My hope and my prayer is that uh, students would, would come who have never uh, accepted Christ, don't know Christ, would come to know him. I, I hope that others would grow in their walk with Christ, uh, in their obedience to him. And so I simply would extend that to you this morning and ask that you would join me uh, in that prayer. And my hope would be that years from now, in the same way uh, that I said uh, these years were formative for me, I pray that they would be for them as well, that they would be able to say these years were formative, not primarily because of the, the fun times and the games um, and all these different things, but they were formative in my walk with Christ, my relationship with Him. Um, so join me in praying that can, over the next uh, weeks, months, and years that, that that would be the case here at Starnes Cove. Uh, let me pray. Lord, I, I love you and I thank you, especially just for the opportunity to be here at Starnes Cove. Uh, so many emotions right now, Lord. I'm just extremely excited, uh, me and Haley both, to be here. And uh, we thank you for uh, this weighty task, just the opportunity to lead youth and uh, as a, just to be a part of the, the overall body of Christ here at Starnes Cove. And uh, thank you for this word uh, this morning. I pray that you would... Um, make this true of, of youth ministry here at Starnes Cove as it has been, I know, um, and I pray that that would continue to be the case. Uh, I pray for these youth, uh, those that may be in the youth now that don't know Christ, I pray that they would come to know you, and others, Lord, that do know you, maybe that aren't, haven't even come yet, I pray that you would, um, you would give this, this uh, church a vibrant youth ministry and that uh, people would come to know you. And, and love you and serve you more obediently. Uh, thank you, Lord, for loving us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Let's pray. First off, Lord, just thank you for your love for us, most of all. About this time of season, we just thank you for the birth of your son, through his, his birth, his death, and his resurrection, that we may be forgiven for our sins, Lord. Lord, just thank you for the message that was brought today. Lord, just be with Chris as he becomes part of our church and leads our youth, Lord, just leading and guide him and each and every day, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you give us in life. Continue to be with our missionaries, Lord. Just watch over them, protect them. Thank you for all the teachers that we have, Lord. Just watch over us and allow us to continue to meet with Sunday School of the Lord and, and just take care of us that uh, there's no issues. Lord, just thank you for the many, everything you do for us here at Starnes Cove, Lord. And allow us to have these services, Lord. Lord, we just ask you to lead and guide us each day as we go through life and just forgive us our sins. In precious name, amen. <laughs>